Rough Greens is uh, the uh, sponsor of this half hour. Rough Greens, I'm telling you, my dog runs to the food bowl now. Runs. That, that, that never happened. He runs to the, the, the food bowl. Every time I'm in that area and it's dinner time, he's like, time now. We're going to eat. Time now. Time now. Uh, roughgreens.com. I'm starting to feel bad. I feel like I'm not feeding him enough because he's always wanting food now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. It is something that you put on your dog's food that makes them love it. But also, my dog is so much more active. In comparison, I thought he was normal, but he was lethargic. Uh, he is out running and playing and just, he's like a puppy again. Get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out just to make sure that they love it as much as Uno does. And then order your bag at roughgreens.com slash back uh, after you know your dog loves it. And then watch the change in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash back. Get a free bag today. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. All you pay is shipping. Down in Del Rio, Texas, things are beyond your understanding. Their grocery stores look like the Soviet Union. There's no meat, there's no milk, there's nothing on the shelves of the grocery stores. And people who live there, what are they to do? Their city is completely overrun by illegals that the, the United States government is doing nothing about. The mayor of Del Rio is uh, the youngest uh, elected mayor at the age of 35. Uh, he's a Democrat. But he is begging the White House, stop, stop doing this. But it's not now. He's begging now, but he also was begging before this started. He said, don't do this. Please don't do this. It's a voice of reason from the Democrats who actually are living it. I really want you to hear this interview. I want you to know what's going on in Del Rio, Texas, because we have to help. There's got to be something we can do. The, the townsfolk are being starved out because there's nothing on the shelves of the grocery store. He'll give us the complete look. Bruno Lozano, the mayor of Del Rio, Texas, and the border in 60 seconds. program so spring is finally here it's time to start collecting those compliments on how much younger you're looking because during Chamonix spring clearance event you can get the brand new zotique deep correcting serum absolutely free when you order the classic genucel for bags and puffiness that's right when you order genucel for bags and puffiness you get the uh, zotique deep correcting serum absolutely free 
GenuCell always hooks you up uh, with, with tons of stuff when you when you order. Whether you're staying at home, going back to work, simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and coworkers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness, blotchy skin, crow's feet, acne scars, pesky sunspots, whatever you got, they can take care of it. It's time to open up, get out, and feel great about how you look. Order GenuCell now, and Chamonix will also include GenuCell immediate effects for results in minutes, also free. You get the results guaranteed or 100% of your money back. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-577-8709. And the sale keeps getting better right now. They're going to get you the classic GenuCell jawline treatment as well to tighten and tone the chin and neck area, also free. All the orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. They're loading on all the stuff for you. Go to GenuCell.com, 800-577-8709, or G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. I need you to understand the, the humanitarian problem for not only those uh, who are coming across the border, the trafficking that is happening, the the drug lords and the cartels that are being empowered uh, and are just going to destroy lives, but also the lives of American citizens, especially those who live right on the border, Del Rio, Texas. I've seen video of Del Rio and what's happening there. The grocery stores look like they're from the Soviet Union. There's nothing on the shelves. How are regular Americans supposed to help if they can't help themselves? I want to introduce you to the uh, mayor, uh, Bruno uh, Ralphie Lozano. I think, is he go, do you go by Ralph, Ralphie? I, I, locally, I go by, by Ralph. That's my nickname, but people okay. just call me Bruno these days. So okay. you're just to call me Bruno. <laughs> it's okay. okay. Uh, so, Bruno, I want to, I, I, I want to talk to you not just about politics. I want you to describe to me what is happening in your city and what's happening to the people who are law-abiding citizens in your city. Right. So, you know, the images that you're describing earlier, that was taken during the winter storm, and that was immediately affecting our community because we didn't have resources for our own citizens. And that week, I got noticed that we were going to have migrants being released into our community. And it's just clearly, it's just extremely unfortunate that I even had to make a plea to the president to not release migrants into our community because of, of the winter storm uh, um, that took effect over our community. Um, you on uh, May fifth. Let's play this. This was your first, your first plea, uh, and I think actually this is was this from February. When you originally said this? Yeah, go ahead and play this. Mr. President, my name is Bruno Lozano, mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, and I am pleading and requesting with you to please put a halt to any measures regarding the release of immigrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio and surrounding areas. We do not have the resources available to house and accommodate these migrants within our community. I will have no choice but to use the extreme measure under the emergency declaration as the mayor of the city of Del Rio, Texas, to refuse the entry of migrants awaiting court dates into the city of Del Rio. If you do send these individuals into our community, we will be forced to make a decision to leave them without resources under these dire circumstances. Mm. I am asking to please stop. Please make another plan for this federal issue. Okay, now you, so people know, you're not a guy that's after, you know, Biden or anything else. You're a Democrat. You were elected as a Democrat. You're just trying to protect your American citizens, whether they're Republican or Democrat, that you were elected to to help and serve. So right. this is not a political issue. So they did release 
people how many people how many people live in your town and how many people now have you grown to because of the illegal immigration problem well, we have 36,000 uh, residents here in the city of Del Rio with an, and 50,000 in the county. And we get an upwards of, you know, 150 a day. Um, I think the average or the expectation was that there was going to be 35,000 total in about a four-week period. Oh um, those numbers were given to us in February. That, that That's the expectations that we're going to have of transient population transiting the community in total. Mm-hmm. So, so, so wait, wait a minute. 50,000 people in the county... 30,000 in Del Rio and you're and you're expecting 35,000 immigrants to come in? Correct. So the, the migrants do come in. They they um they get they they get dropped off at the Valverde Humanitarian Coalition and that's where we process, you know, 150 a day or what have you. The remaining persons get dropped off in Eagle Pass, Texas or Codiso Springs, Texas and are processed throughout the entire area. But this community alone, the Border Patrol Chief Sector, uh, Chief Skrull, told me back in February that we're expecting to get 35,000 um, within three to four weeks. That was given to me back in February during that week that I made that, that video plea. So we're pretty close. I mean, they're, they're detaining an, an average of 700 a day right now, the last seven-day average. So, so, uh, so you have equal number of illegals to to the population how are you mm-hmm. expected to deal with this what what is that doing to your community it, that's exactly the biggest question that i have is that where's the funding how am i supposed to fund an influx of, of the population of del rio with a budget of only what we have you know our, our tax paying citizens are only thirty five thousand individuals you know that's eleven thousand roughly give or so households that we can tax prop you know it's just it's just mind boggling the statistics and what's happening. And yet the administration continues to just, you know, ignore the ignore the problem and not acknowledge the fact that it's an actual an absolute humanitarian crisis. You know, I liked um, what you said just recently. You said, you know, I don't want to demonize any any group of individuals. I, I don't want to uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on the humanitarian crisis of the you know the the migrants i don't want to get involved in that i'm just talking about the whole humanitarian crisis here that involves other people as well we can't help people if there's not an orderly influx if there's if you don't go through the right doors and you overwhelm america and towns like yours you can't survive to be a help right Right. That's exactly the problem is that we cannot sustain this at all. And, you know, every migrant has their own unique story, their own situation and their own reason for coming into the United States of America. And and I don't want to demonize them by any means. But, you know, how can you sit here and tell me that the Border Patrol is not treating them humanely when you have mothers, you know, getting their children to cross across a dangerous river, you know, in, in inclement weather and, you know, drowning? How is that? How is that any more humane than what the Border Patrol is trying to provide? Mm. The Border Patrol is just doing the directives and following the directives that are given by the Department of Homeland Security. And that direction is coming right now under Secretary Mayorkas. uh, Mayorkas, And this is what's happening. You know, there is no plan of action. And it's extremely unfortunate that that we're losing lives on both sides. We're losing lives for the migrants crossing. You know, we had a a high speed chase a couple weeks ago where we lost eight eight, um, illegal immigrants. And it's just it's mind boggling. So what is the White House or anybody saying nationally? 
Well, the first response that I got from 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 one of the um, individuals that's up there with the White House, um, she told us she told me, Mrs. Miss Julie Rodriguez, that you know they inherited a, a problem or <laughs> or dismantling of immigration from the Trump administration. Which you know some may argue that's that's true, that's not. But you know it's been a couple of months that they've been in office. Well, where's the plan? Where's the recovery? Where's the Where's a long-term solution? Where's a short-term solution? Well, wait a minute. You know, wait, 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 wait. I don't. I don't. I. I. I, <laughs> I, I, I just have to correct that. If you inherited a problem, you didn't inherit this problem. You inherited right. what you thought was a problem of being inhumane, and so you dismantled it. So you caused the problem because you didn't have another plan other than right. open it up. Exactly. And that's exactly the frustration is that, you know, you have on one hand, you have the extension of of COVID-19 restrictions. You can't enter lawfully. Visa visa holding Mexican Mexican nationals cannot visit their family, cannot shop in our communities because of COVID-19 restrictions. And they've extended that to through April 21st. Yet on that same hand, you know, you have unlawful entry happening. How can you sit here and tell me that that's the previous administration's, you know, problem? It's this is their problem. They were elected to do a job and they need to stand up and, and start doing it. You know, we need action now. We need to we need to get these borders secure and we need to open up business and commerce to the border town community so that we can get our, our economies back in order. So how can we help you? First, before I ask you that, has the state reached out? Anybody from the governor's office? Is the state of Texas doing anything to help you? I appreciate the state's effort. I know that they were trying to help, you know, with with testing at one point, and which I appreciate. But I'm sit that I sit there with Governor Abbott. This is not a state or local issue. This is a federal issue. I agree. And I firmly believe that that the federal government needs to take more action and come in and be actually present along the border. We're getting FEMA response finally. We're getting. Um, you know, some testing is finally being done under the Department of Homeland Security's directive. But at the same time, it's like you need to come down and actually send your people to, to mitigate all of this. This is not um, this is not the city of Dorio's issue. This is uh, um, uh, a federalization process issue. It's a federal issue. Absolutely. Yeah. So is there anything that we can do to help you? I think just ensuring that the story gets out and that, you know, that there is transparency happening. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, yes. ways that we can resolve and find solutions to this problem. Um, it, this, has, this has been an ongoing issue for decades and it's going to continue until we face it head on. But we need to be transparent while we're doing that. You know, you can't, you can't not call it a crisis for one thing. It is a crisis. So it's a humanitarian crisis. Can you, can you tell me, because I don't have a clear picture on... Is life normal for the the average uh, Delrian uh, that is uh, that is conducting their life? Is it is it do they have access to the things they need? I mean, I'm I'm hearing about we huge do. lines at you know for food, but that might be the you know relief food. What what is the average life like? Initially, you know, there was a huge um, what's. You know, during the winter storm, that you, you couldn't get food during the winter storm. And, and since that winter storm has passed, wow. you know, life has gone back to, to normal a little bit. But the main concern now is, is just the security of the border community. I mean, we're a safe, small, sleepy town. You know, we, we, we know each other. We, we, we know each other. We say hi to each other at the grocery stores, things like that. And now I have concerns. You know, I have small business owners like a, photo, a photographer. She's trying to conduct business at the creek at our city park and she's fearful that she's going to be robbed because she has migrants coming up to her and asking her for money and for food. And how secure is that? You know, I have a duty to protect my community and I have the transit population coming through our municipal areas and, and parks. It's not, it's not safe. 
Uh, Bruno, I, I have to tell you, I, uh, uh, I admire you. I admire the, the take that you have and the, the, the brave stand that you are, you're making. Um, especially I know what, I know what the world is like today. You're either part of the team or you're not part of the team. And that right. is killing us. Uh, and uh, yeah. And I, uh, so I admire that. Please keep my phone number if there is anything that we can do for you you have a large charity arm anything we can do to help the citizens of del rio weather this you please let us know i will thank you i appreciate that i appreciate you having me on on and and sharing the story of what's happening along the border thank you so much i appreciate that you bet bruno lozano uh from uh, del rio texas he's the mayor uh wow okay let me tell you about jeff who lives in texas he's an automotive detailer he also likes to road ride motorcycles and he has since he was a kid uh he's a pretty madass kind of guy he's 71 and he's still riding motorcycles around uh anyway jeff has been having a lot of trouble with his knee and lower back and this made his auto detailing pretty difficult as you might imagine he heard me talking about relief factor and he thought, you know, Glenn Beck should get out and do some more adventurous stuff. He's whining about aches and pains and he hasn't done anything in his life. Yes, I got it. I got it, Jeff. Jeez. Anyway, he said, uh, I'd try anything to stop my pain. So he tried it. He said within just a couple of weeks, the pain in his knee and lower back wasn't just dismin- diminished. Within a few weeks, it was completely gone. Jeff got his life back by using Relief Factor. Please try it. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. You should know within three weeks whether this is going to work for you or not. Try the three-week quick start trial pack right now for $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, 800-583-84, Relief Factor, 800-583-84. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm looking up at at Fox News and uh, I'm seeing that they're doing a story on how Vice President Harris did not salute the color guard as she was coming down the ramp with Joe Biden. Well, no, she's with the commander in chief and he returned the salute. That is not something that that is a relatively new tradition. I mean, I can't believe I'm helping defend people, but. Uh, let's just have perspective uh, that was started really by Ronald Reagan and you weren't supposed to salute if you were a civilian in civilian clothes. But he said, I'm the commander in chief. I'm going to salute. So he did. He saluted. It has been a tradition that all the presidents have picked up since then. Um, but she's not the commander in chief. Now, I don't know if that's her reason for not saluting. Probably not. Uh, but why is that worth airtime when so much is going on today? This this push for gun control, we have a really important show that we have worked two weeks on to present to you tonight. I have moved it and delayed it a week so we could talk to you about gun control. We, My staff is working overtime right now to be able to put something together tonight that is worth your time. And we have it. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with gun control. This is the first, this is the beginning of this fight. We've had two shootings and 
you don't ever waste an emergency. You don't waste a tragedy if the uh, ends justify the means. And you are going to see this come uh, fast and furious at you. And do not believe any of the bullcrap that they're there. We're not after your guns. We're just after these assault rifles. Yeah. Assault rifles. They're a modern sporting rifle. Don't blame me if you don't understand what it is. There is a sickness in America. Those guns have been in our society since the 1950s, the 1950s. Why are we suddenly having all these problems? Because there's something going on in our society. There is a sickness in our society. You know, they talked about the first real kind of push for gun control was back in the 1930s when they needed to get those they needed to get those machine guns out of the hands of the mobsters. Well, did it work? Would it have worked? It wouldn't have worked because they would have bought them anyway. You think bad guys are you, you think you think Al Capone was like, ah, jeez, they're they're getting rid of all the machine guns. Oh, well, we give up. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, the same now. Now we have this last shooting. I don't know if this guy was religiously motivated, if he was insane or politically motivated. He hated Donald Trump. He uh, is a, uh, a Islamic uh, follower in good standing. I don't know if there was anything on that, but it, it looks like he was a little radical. I don't know how radical. Uh, and he also looks like he was might have been really insane. You know that I, I'm going off of more than just the fact that he's walked into a store in his underpants and no shirt. Um, but this has nothing to do with the automatic weapons. Tonight. You're going to hear all about what they're planning on doing and what you can do. Uh, in fact, we're going to do just a little bit of, of this now. There are sanctuary cities and sanctuary states that are popping up. There are three sanctuary states for the Second Amendment and over 400 counties all across the country. That's that's coming up next. We'll talk about it. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. We have a special promo code for 20% off tonight. Oh, wow. It's control is the promo code. Use the promo code control 20% off at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Don't miss Join it. us. This is very important tonight. 9 p.m. live. Good show before it, too. I'm just saying. Mm, probably this not. Is the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> uh, okay, let me tell you about AMAC. Your world is changing. It already has. The America that you grew up in is gone. Now, does it come back? Do we gain it back? I don't know about you. I take this seriously. I imagine you do too. We have reached a point of no return, and we need more and more mature people. And if you happen to find yourself at the age of maturity, there is something you can do that others can't that is good uh, for the fight against the left. You can join AMAC, the American uh, Mature wait, Adult. Uh, what does it stand for again? I can't remember it. It stands for Mature Americans, okay? Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the acronym is right now. But uh, 
this is a group that will not only take care of you, give all of the different discounts that you need, et cetera, et cetera, but they together are fighting the good fight. And there's, it's a reason why I'm a member. There is power in numbers. Join amac.us slash Beck, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. The Association. Yeah, the mature. mature. American Citizens. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> All right. PlaceTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go. Use the promo code CONTROL for tonight. 20% off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. There is there is a direct push to come after your firearms to to start changing the laws to make it more difficult to take uh, quote unquote assault rifles off. These are modern sporting rifles. That's what they were called by the company that made them beginning in the 1950s. They're painted black, so they're scary. Um, and there is a movement that I highly recommend that you get involved in. It's the Second Amendment Sanctuary Cities Movement. There are three states now, uh, Idaho, uh, Wyoming, and I can't remember what the, what the other one uh, is, but three states that have passed this, but there are a ton of a ton of counties all across the country. It's actually four states. Alaska is one of them. Um, It started in Alaska. It's happening now in Texas as well. Um, And it needs to, it needs to go through, but I want to understand it and help you understand it a little bit. Josh, uh, Justin Holland, he is a Texas state representative. He's the guy who introduced uh, Texas house bill 2622, and so we thought we'd get him on. And if you don't have this happening in your House of Representatives it, it, in, in your state, you need to get involved in this and get it moving now. Um, Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. This is good morning. Uh, is it is it Kansas, the other state? There's four states. Do you know? Uh, you, I believe Utah. Utah. Utah is one of the other states, but uh, it is something that's gaining much momentum in our state right now and we're open to get it pushed through this legislative session with just 70 days left so this is something i was talking about before biden was even inaugurated we need to have sanctuary states um that will operate the same way the sanctuary cities did for um illegal aliens and i think that's what your bill is doing it is it's putting together a, a, a movement that says no state agency will help with anything that is against the Second Amendment. Is that right? Yeah, basically, that is right. Anything more prohibitory or restrictive, a regulation or restriction, something like that, that would come down from a Biden administration or any subsequent administration, we are not going to allow our state and local law enforcement Uh, resources to enter into agreements with federal agents that would be uh, against what we have right now in the books. We want to keep our Second Amendment laws and our constitutional rights as strong as possible. And we feel like that infringement is coming and it's closing in on us. So that's what the the over uh, the, uh, you know, 30,000 foot view is very similar to what you said. So in the bill, it actually says magazine capacity or size limitations, registration requirements, background checks. Uh, So that's that's anything that they are talking about now. 
That's right. Anything that has to do with a firearm, a firearm accessory, or firearm ammunition and your means of obtaining them, we want to maintain our Second Amendment rights and constitutional rights in Texas without the out-of-touch policies of the Biden administration coming to Texas and, and hampering us. So now let me ask you, this is a really selfish question, but the federal government would love to make examples of, of uh, people that are outspoken who have firearms. I live in Texas. If the federal government decided to come and confiscate my stuff or the FBI was at my door and they, you know, they were like, you're, oh, we need to see your clips, the, the, or not your clips, your magazines, the, would the state protect me or just not get involved with that so, so the state is uh the, the federal government still has their own ability to enforce their laws we cannot stop the feds from enforcing federal law we're just not going to allow local entities uh to enter into agreements with federal agencies that would ask them to do that on their behalf uh, they would actually lose state funding if they complied with federal more restrictive agreements uh, after the inauguration of Joe Biden. So is this kind of like the 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 idea here is because if Texas did it or Utah did it by itself, it, it, it wouldn't really be that effective because they'd have the resources. Is this kind of the Christy Nome idea that I need a coalition and the power is the, the real strength of this comes from the number of states involved? Right, and I think that's the biggest thing that we need to stress nationwide is our Tenth Amendment rights as states. If all the states that are Second Amendment-loving, constitutional-loving states will come together and, and push back, because uh, our constitutional rights, as you know, are eroding day by day, and as we have this new administration, we're all a little bit scared. You can try to give them as much, um, you know, we, we can watch them very closely, but you cannot... Uh, let the Biden administration, the Democrats in Washington control the way that we live, the way that our way of life is and our values in Texas. And so, yes, I think it'd be wonderful if we could push a nationwide campaign for sanctuary Second well, Amendment state. I have to tell you, um, you know, I've been saying this for a while. I think the states that get it need to be a constitution sanctuary state uh, that that anything in our bill of rights if it's a violation of our bill of rights we're not doing it i'm just as concerned about the first amendment i mean you we lose the second amendment the first amendment is definitely gone but the first amendment is is going away quickly because they found a way around the the constitution by by using private uh, industry to be their strong arm that's right. And I can't disagree with you, Glenn. Uh, but the the spirit of House Bill 2622 is focused solely on gun legislation. I know. I know um, the odds that this is going to pass. I'm surprised that Texas hasn't led the way in this. Um, but is well, it? I, I tell you, the odds that it's going to pass seem very, very likely to me. The governor is behind this. This is the governor's uh, priority second amendment sanctuary piece of legislation good uh, he has been active and vocal uh, on social media about this bill about yeah. our legislation we work closely with his office we work closely with texas state rifle association and in, in meetings and discussions with the nra people are uh, there's momentum gaining behind this i think we're going to pass this bill this session uh, that is fantastic news when will we know how long is this going to take 
Well, right now we've just started uh, in earnest uh, meetings and laying out bills. This bill has been referred to the State Affairs Committee in the Texas House, and it will. Uh, we're, we've requested a hearing for that. Once I lay the bill out in the committee, it should get kicked out within a week or so from there. We're up against the timeline. It needs to happen in April uh, for sure because towards the end of our legislative session, it gets be- becomes more and more difficult to pass bills if you don't get them moving. Uh, we feel like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get this mil- bill moving down the line and over to the Senate so that we can uh, we can get the, to the governor's desk. And a lot around. of people around the country don't understand the reason why Texas is still as free as it is, and no offense to you, is that these, the state house, they adjourn, and they're only in, what is it, every other year. So Every other year for 140 days, uh, we, we make laws for 140 days, and we go back to our communities and businesses and live under them uh, with the people that voted us in there. And the, the more that we're in session, the greater your liberties are in trouble. And it is, it is the reason why Texas has been this strong and more, more state. That's the way our founders set things up. Uh, and Texas is really the only one left, I think, in the country that's uh, living that way. Um, well, that's why so many people, Glenn, are moving here I know. in droves because it's the freedom capital of America, as our governor likes to say, and we want to keep it that way for our guns as well. I have some friends that uh, are living up north, and they are visiting this week, and they they couldn't believe the growth in Texas. They're like, how is the state keeping up with it? And I'm like, well, the state is really smart and, you know, got, they built the infrastructure ahead of time. But it is phenomenal how fast this state is growing. Um, it's did, growing very fast. Um, could I ask is if somebody is interested in this in their state, is, did you use another uh, bill from somebody else? Is there a is there like a Mad Lib version of this bill that states can start to go off of? Uh, well, I, I tell you what, we have a couple of different versions of it that we'd be happy to provide to any other legislators or people that would like to send it to theirs. The Texas legislature online has a great resource where you can search the bill 2622, House Bill 2622, and get the language to share with their legislators, and our office would be happy to provide that as well. Great. How so would, we, where would they find we, that online? It would be Texas legislature online, TLO. TLO? Yes, TLO. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you so much. Please stay in touch with us. Let us know. um, Do people, should we be calling our our state representative here in Texas? The best way that you could do is call your state representative and tell them to co-author this legislation. That essentially means that they will walk down to the House clerk's office sign their name on as a co-author and support. The more co-authors we have, the stronger chance that this has to start moving and move quickly. And uh, that's what they would do. Support this bill by co-authoring it and tell their state rep to do that. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, I will tell you there's going to be a ton. Of, if this gains real traction here in Texas, there it will be a ton of Soros-type money coming in to stop it. Um, you know, as Texas goes, it's a little like California and New York. As Texas goes, so goes the country. Uh, and uh, I urge you, if you're listening to us in Texas, to call your state rep. It's House Bill 2622. If you're li- listening to us anywhere else in the country, call your state representative. Call your uh, your your local people and say we need to have this as a sanctuary city and a sanctuary state 
there again, there are only three or four uh, states now that are doing this or have already passed it. There are more coming, but there are counties all over the country. There's I don't know how many 400 and some counties it is a the the map is a wash with the counties that have already done this. So if your state won't do it, get it to your local level, your county level or even your city level, if that's what it takes. But get involved in this movement and time is of the essence now. All right. Uh, You know, I know there are representatives in uh, California or from California that are pushing Joe Biden to uh, declare an end date for the gasoline engine. And they're not talking about some, you know, far off future date Um, down the road. I mean, I I don't know. Uh, I could see us driving Flintstone, you know, uh, vehicles, very sore feet. Uh, It'll be it'll be bad. Now, the nice thing is you won't really need insurance because all of our cars will be made out of rocks uh, and your tires don't ever pop. But until that time and that utopia appears, you need car shield if you don't have coverage on your car if your warranty wears out your car can get really expensive and the reason why cars aren't driven like they used to be driven is because you could go to you know pep boys or whatever and you could fix almost anything yourself now you can't and even if you take them to a local repair shop that car if it's if it's if it's a chip that went bad and this is going to get more expensive if it's a chip that went bad you could be screwed because it's six six grand. What are you going to do? That's that's worth more than your car. So cars don't last now. If you are frugal and if you want your car to last, uh, you need Car Shield. Get covered with Car Shield. Uh, car Shield cars do go further, and you'll find out why when you have CarShield.com. Go there now. CarShield.com. Use the promo code Beck. You'll save ten percent. And a deductible may apply, uh, but you get to design your own your own uh, uh, you know coverage. It's at carshield.com. Promo code Beck. Carshield.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck program. So I just uh, heard some sad news on a personal note. Um, this program began in uh, Tampa, Florida, WFLA, and it is one of the best memories of my life, my family's life. Uh, I think Stu would feel the same way. Oh, 100 uh, percent. It was it was a, a golden time uh, in our lives and mainly because of the people of Florida uh, and the people we worked with. Uh, and many of them are still there, and we just love them. Just love them. Uh, WFLA is really our home, has been for since the beginning. And uh, Ted Webb uh, did mornings uh, with Jack Harris on WFLA, and he is—he was one of the funniest guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was just—he was hysterical and kind. Um and very kind to us and uh he has been on kidney dialysis for a long time and he has finally just given up he just can't do it i I know a lot of people that are on kidney dialysis and they just they say it is the worst thing you can possibly go through 
uh, and um, he's just gotten to the point. His family has been taking care of him, and uh, he has just said he doesn't want to be a burden on his family anymore, and um, he's going into hospice. Uh, and uh, Ted, we just we just love you, and we cherish you, and um, you have impacted our life, and we love you. And Jack and everybody at FLA, I know what you're going through, and uh, I wish we were there with you. One of the funniest guys you're ever going to meet, and uh, a legend in Tampa. Great guy. He is the guy who gave me uh, uh, Leslie Nielsen's fart bag. (laughs) And and somehow or another, I lost it. I had it for years. Mm. And I still talk to my son about the fart bag, and I would kill <laughs> for a Ted Webb fart bag because it was, oh my gosh, it was so good. And he, he was just like Leslie Nielsen. He just absolutely deadpan oh, yeah. in a very serious meeting, and you'd hear, <laughs> and he just, he just, he could make the face with it. It was just genius, genius. Uh, God bless.